Loving Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name for your goodness, mercy, and love which you have bestowed upon us. We are not worthy to be among the living, but in your mercy and kindness you have given us this wonderful privilege and we say thank you, Lord. Father in heaven, we pray that our lives shall be a praise and glory to your name and that through us thy will will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, Father, we ask, grant to us every spiritual blessing and every divine help that is needed for us to be representatives of you on this earth. As we go through the words of our devotion, please, Father, impress on our hearts the truths that you want each and every one of us to learn, that we may grow into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As for me, Lord, I commit yourself, myself unto your care, and I pray, Father, please put your words in my mouth. And Lord, may the words spoken be a blessing to all who would listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, March 16 The Right Choice By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 and 25 In the schools of Egypt, Moses received the highest civil and military training. Of great personal attractions, noble in form and stature, of cultivated mind and princely bearing, and renowned as a military leader, he became the nation's pride. All who occupied the throne of the pharaohs must become members of the priestly caste, and Moses, as the heir apparent, was to be initiated into the mysteries of the national religion. But when he was an ardent and untiring student, he could not be induced to participate in the worship of the gods. He was threatened with the loss of the crown and warned that he would be disowned by the princess should he persist in his adherence to the Hebrew faith. But he was unshaken in his determination to render homage to none save the one God. Moses was fitted to take preeminence among the great of the earth, to shine in the courts of its most glorious kingdom, and to sway the scepter of its power. His intellectual greatness distinguishes him above the great men of all ages. As historian, poet, philosopher, general of armies and legislator, he stands without a peer. Yet, with the world before him, he had the moral strength to refuse the flattering prospects of wealth and greatness and fame. Moses had been instructed in regard to the final reward to be given to the humble and obedient servants of God, and worldly gain sank to its proper insignificance in comparison. The magnificent palace of Pharaoh and the monarch's throne were held out as inducements to Moses, but he knew that the sinful pleasures that make men forget God were in its lordly courts. He looked beyond the gorgeous palace, beyond a monarch's crown, 
to the high honors that will be bestowed on the saints of the Most High in a kingdom untainted by sin. He saw by faith an imperishable crown that the King of Heaven will place on the brow of the overcomer. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The Right Choice. Our key text is taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 and 25. And it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Whenever I read this passage and try to understand all the dynamics that were involved in this decision that Moses made, the first thing that will come to my mind sometimes is, was this rude of Moses? The Bible tells us in the book of Exodus chapter 2, reading from verse 9 and 10, it says, And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, that's unto Moses' mother, Take this child away and nurse it for me. Nurse it for me, that's what she said. And I will give thee thy wages. And the woman, which is Jacobed, took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of water. Now, in today's devotion, what do we see? She called him her son. But here in Hebrews 11 verse 24, it says, By faith. You see, faith is a very important thing. We cannot serve God without faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith. It is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Here it is that Moses is honored, highly honored, will I say, perhaps the greatest honor that can be given in that time, that he was adopted into the family of the monarch, the pharaoh of Egypt, rulers of the world at the time, with no effort on his part. This is supposed to be seen as a great favor done to him. In fact, he's supposed to be grateful for the rest of his life, of course, if you are walking by sight. But not when you are walking by faith. Because if you are walking by faith, you will not see it that way. But if your eyes are looking at it from the perspective of the human, of the temporal, you would say Moses was rude. And today, people are being like Moses and people are calling them rude. Here is a man, highly honored in the world's eyes, given the privilege, oh high honor and privilege, to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and is supposed to be the next in command, to be the next Pharaoh, educated, free education given to him, scholarship, everything free of charge. The woman who even took care of him, who Pharaoh didn't know, Pharaoh's daughter didn't know that, it was his own mother, she was even paid everything all expense paid from the day he was born he was paid to be even given the good education then brought to egypt pharaoh's court trained again and again to become the best person one would expect that this man who has received scholarship from his birth till he is older everything he is and everything he owns he owes to pharaoh's daughter what would you do were you to receive such high honor and privilege? Would you say, oh, I'm indebted to Pharaoh's daughter. I cannot make the right decision. 
you are not walking by faith by faith moses when he was come to years it was not his choice he was a baby when pharaoh took him pharaoh's daughter rather took him and called him my son it was not his choice but when he had grown now to make a choice for himself he was come to years the bible says he refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. This is a mind-boggling decision. People will wonder, what is wrong with this man? Why are you throwing your future away? Can you imagine all we have done for you? And yet you are making this decision. You want to follow these people of Israel. Can't you see that they are slaves? What do you want to enjoy with them? Oh, Moses will say, there's nothing I want to enjoy. I rather want to suffer than to be with you here. But we cannot forget Jacobet. Moses could not make decision, this decision were it not to be that his mother had trained him not to love those things. Remember what we read in yesterday's devotion? The mother taught him to fear God, trained him to see the folly and sin in idolatry. She made him realize that these things are nothing. Parents, what are you doing with your children? Are you making them think that money is something? Are you making them think that it is a high honor above serving God to get the approbation of the people of the world? When you let your child go away from you, your, your, your work will be tested. And when your work is tested, the decisions your child makes shows what you have, in, have put into them. By the things we do with our children, we send a message. When you prize worldly honor, academics, for example, academics above the things of God, above character, and you give them gifts, for, for the academics but yet there's no reward for honesty there's no reward for humility there's no reward for obedience there's no reward for them to when they seem when they exercise mercy on their brethren on their siblings there's no reward for those things you send a message to the child that the academic part is more important than character and when they go out of your house they will make decisions based on what you have sent them through a message whether directly through your precepts or by your example Moses was trained well by his mother. It is not an easy thing for you to reject such a high honor and privilege. There are many today who would say, oh no, can't you see? Are you telling me that after all Pharaoh's daughter has done for me, I should just, is, I should just reject it? Do you think it's an easy thing? Oh, it was an easy thing for Moses. But I tell you, it was because his mother had made him to despise those things. His mother had made him to see those things as nothing, as vanity, as useless. And rather, she had taught him to choose the following of God's people as greater honor. That was what Moses taught to him as greater honor. This was a narrative that had been pushed to him right from when he was a child. This was the way his mind was socially constructed to hate the things of Egypt. My brothers and sisters who are listening, are you training your child to hate the world? The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What is the right choice for us today? The world and its prospects or Jesus and his law? Here I want to read into in detail what Moses actually faced when he was under his scholarship and working in the highest courts of the highest kingdom of that time, Egypt. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 245, paragraph 3 and 4. It says, By the laws of Egypt, all who occupy the throne of the pharaohs must become members of the priestly caste and Moses, as the heir apparent, was to be initiated into the mysteries of the national religion. This duty was committed to the priests. 
look at that word in Africa such words initiation is like entering into a cult and that was exactly what they wanted to do for Moses some people think oh I've gotten so much from these people I cannot I must join the cult I must be initiated Moses no I didn't bring myself here you were the ones who sponsored me to come here in the first place I am not going to be initiated into the priesthood so that I can become the Pharaoh just one initiation there are many people today who will make excuses even parents will tell their children hey god understands just pass through the initiation god understands he knows he understands is it not him that brought you there in the first place it's providence that brought you there therefore god will not mind if you are initiated into the priesthood so that you can become pharaoh oh my the lord is watching us and our selfishness and these decisions are a test he's just watching watching our rationalization our sinful selfish rationalization of the decisions we make and he knows what is in our heart selfishness covetousness moses did not make any excuse and say oh the initiation is not just a practice it doesn't really matter i still know the god i'm serving therefore it doesn't matter what I, what they do to me i still know the god i'm serving let them initiate me i'll become the pharaoh and i'll change egypt by being pharaoh i'll make them worship the true god every act we make shows who we worship and Moses will not give them the impression that he is a worshipper of their gods, but rather refused vehemently. Do you understand the kind of tension that must have been in Pharaoh's courts because of Moses rejecting this initiation? Do you understand how hard it would have been for him, perhaps even easy, but for some of us, hard it would be? We need to come to a place where we do not regard the favors of men. But let me continue reading and we'll talk about regarding the favors of men later. Still reading Patriarchs and Prophets, page 245, paragraph 3 and 4, he says, But while he was an ardent, untiring student, he could not be induced to participate in the worship of the gods. He was threatened with the loss of the crown, and warned that he would be disowned by the princess should he persist in his adherence to the Hebrew faith. But he was unshaken. This was not a matter to go and give prayer requests here and there. Look, people pray for me, I don't know what to do. Moses knew what to do. And any prayer he's making for himself is for the Lord to give him the strength. He knew he was, it was not something he was dilly-dallying about and being in doubt and afraid. Oh, yeah, I don't know what to do. We need to be strong when we are put into such conditions. He was unshaken, we read, in his determination to render homage to none save the one God, the maker of heaven and earth. He reasoned. See what he did now? We learned too in your offices, the same thing. He reasoned with the priests and worshippers showing them the folly of their superstitious veneration of senseless objects. None could refute his arguments or change his purpose, yet for the time his firmness was tolerated on account of his high position and the favor with which he was regarded by both the king and the people. So what are we to do? When we are brought to this position where we are told you, for you to get this next position, you are supposed to do something that you know that the word of God condemns. Show them the folly of what they're asking you to do, which is against God's word and refuse to do it. Continuing, it says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 to 26 Moses was fitted to take preeminence among the great of the earth to shine in the courts of the great of its most glorious kingdom and to sway the scepter of its power his intellectual greatness distinguishes him above the great men of all ages and then 
uh, we, we saw this as we read in devotion with moses had the world at his feet but with all of this he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of god how is it that in the face of this prospective illustrious and promising career before moses he chose not to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter how is it that moses did this in that hebrews 11 verse 24 to 26 we are told how first of all in 24 we see his decision i'm not going to be called pharaoh's son secondly we see his other decision in verse 25 i would rather suffer affliction with the people of god than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season but what motivated moses now that's the question hebrews 11:26 tells us it was a mindset you know that question jesus asked what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul that kind of question was in his mind verse 26 tells us esteeming the reproach of christ greater riches so he actually was going after riches he was going after honor but what was honor to moses what was riches to moses what is riches to you what is riches to you what is honor to you what is privilege to you is it the world clapping for you and being happy with you and giving you our words is that what is riches to you now look at what was riches to moses he was going after riches too and honor but the question is what is true riches hebrews 11 verse 26 esteeming the reproach of christ greater riches than the treasures in egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward hmm. here we need to pause to ask ourselves the question do you think and estimate that the reproach of christ that is the consequences and the suffering that comes from obedience to god's word and not denying him but standing clear for him and all the losses you would get do you see that as riches 99 percent of the world does not see that as riches are you among the one percent i'm just giving statistics and not necessarily something that i haven't studied but you understand what i'm saying are you among the few like moses who esteems who has that eye of faith to see the suffering and the reproach of christ as riches or are you among the majority of the world who cannot dare to look at it that way who's walking by sight and not by faith oh brothers and sisters we need to walk by faith we need to esteem the reproach of christ greater riches go after the riches go after the honor but what is riches to you what is honor to you is it the things that perish with the using is it the things of this world jesus said lay not up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven jesus is telling us today what is your riches laying up for yourself treasures in heaven simply means making the decisions that always favors the commandments of god above that which will cause you to sin and that was what moses did and like i started with in the beginning we need to ask ourselves was this an ingratitude to pharaoh's daughter who had done him so much good no it wasn't we need to look at things in their true light what was there to be grateful for in his staying in the king's court and being called the son of pharaoh's daughter or becoming the next pharaoh what was there to be grateful for if we think right we will not see anything there to be grateful for moses had seen it and said what is there for me to be grateful for my temptation is only going to increase so he didn't see it as something he should grab remember how joseph joseph treated his brothers he didn't see coming to the courts of egypt as something we should grab as many of us do today 
Oh, I want you to train your children, telling them, oh, you'll be the next president, you'll be the next governor, you'll be. Nobody's saying you'll be the next pastor. Nobody's saying you'll be the next leader and child of God or the next prophet. Everybody's saying, oh, I see you. Even pastors are telling children, I see here the next president, I see here the next governor, I see here the next this and the next that, all about worldly honor. Do you see the next Moses in your child? Do you see the next Noah in your child? Do you see the next John the Baptist in your child? Where today the Lord needs more of these kind of people. It was no ingratitude from Moses to reject being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Imagine someone who had received such high honor and scholarship. He was 40 years. He, he stayed that he was 40 years. Imagine that 40 good years of your life receiving favors, but yet he rejected being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Oh, so many today will be emotional and say, can you imagine? Look at how much she has done for me. I need to be grateful. But Moses was walking by faith. Only when you walk by sight that you have a problem with that. So, we need to think aright and see things for what they really are and accept Christ above the approbation or applause of the world. Some are pleased at the approbation and applause of the world and are induced to compromise because of it. Moses was not induced to compromise. He even made it clear and he was not going to be initiated and then even explains to them how these things they are doing is foolishness. He told the priests, told them I will not participate and he gave them his clear reasons. He was unshaken. He was not afraid of anybody. And we need to develop this character of fearlessness, courage, indomitableness. Don't be ashamed and afraid to tell your boss and your friends. Do in politeness, do in gentleness, but without fear. Explain yourself, not thinking of how you are going to lose my job. Oh, I'm going to lose my job, all those kind of things. God will take care of you. Why are you so worried about losing your job? Why are you so worried? Is it not the Lord that takes care of us? Stand for the Lord. Esteem the reproach of Christ greater riches than the pleasures of sin. Are you going to lose something? Let me not deceive you. You will. You may not be up there anymore. You may become poorer. Yes. But was not our Lord poor for our sakes? Is it too much to ask if the Lord tells, brings us to that situation where we become poorer because of the decisions we made? If you cannot become poorer for Christ, then the poverty that Christ suffered on this earth will not be for you also. And for Moses, he wasn't worried about that. He knew that was what was going to be. He knew he was going to suffer when he follows the children of God. But that was not a problem to him. He did not hesitate and think, oh, now my life is going to be different. All the posh life I've been living since I was young, all the dainties I've been enjoying, and all the comforts and convenience of living in the court of Pharaoh, I'm going to lose them. And because he doesn't want to lose them, then he will start thinking, ah, I don't want to lose this place. Let me think of this initiation very well. Nothing like that for Moses. And this is how we should be. We should not love the world. First John 2 verse 15 to 17 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love, not, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Do you love the world? Or do you love God? The Bible is clear and tells us very clearly in James 4 verse 4 also, You adulterous and adulteresses, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity against God? 
Therefore, for whosoever will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. What is the world being referred to? When you love pleasure, love the world. We are told here in 1 John 2 verse 16, what is the world? The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. All this was in Egypt. Moses did not love them and he chose Christ instead. Why is it that many of us would make the wrong decision when placed in such conditions? Or we, even when we make the right decision, we make it with so much fear and knee knocking and so much trouble in our hearts and we are not as unshaking as Moses but rather we are shaking. We are looking at what we are going to lose. Moses was not shaking. Why is it that we have this problem? I want to read from Science of the Times, January 20, 1898. I'll read from paragraph 10. It says, The great reason why the church has not more efficiency and power is that its members love the world. They reject the Spirit of God and fill their hearts with idols. They love the world and the things of the world, and of all such the words of inspiration declare, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. They are not as was Christ, in the world, but not of the world. The Lord cannot manifest himself to professed Christians who love the world, for spiritual things are spiritually discerned." End of quote. This is the case with many today who claim to be followers of Christ. Love of the world is deeply entrenched in the heart, and the decisions and the choices made by everyone shows this, that we love the world. And as long as we love the world, we cannot, like Moses, by faith, choose rather to suffer with Christ's people than to enjoy the world, which is the pleasures of sin for a season. We cannot with the eye of faith esteem the reproach of Christ greater riches. Many youths today are placed in the same position as Moses was, and even adults, we are also placed in the same position. We are like Moses today. We are placed in the position where because of the favors we receive from people and because of the high prospects before us, we feel that we are compelled to sin against God. And many times the worst thing we can do to ourselves is start to rationalize the evil and you start to try to bend the word of God to suit your carnal desires, to do what you know that the word of God condemns. And then you start to ask questions here and they're waiting for the pastor to tell you that it is right when you know very well that the word of God tells you is wrong and you're waiting for the pastor to tell you what you want to hear tell you don't worry god is with you you can go ahead let's see what will happen and maybe you just join them in the service but don't necessarily in your heart say all kinds of rationalization i cannot even do it i don't know how they do it and they rationalize and rationalize away the spirituality of god's word so that they can do what they have in their hearts that is the worst thing we can do it's even better to know that when you are doing this evil and sinning against god than to do it rationalizing and telling yourself there is really nothing wrong in it because your eyes is esteeming the things of this world greater riches than the reproach of Christ. For Moses, he esteems the reproach of Christ greater riches than the things of this world. Rationalizing is a terrible thing for us to do. You rationalize your ideas, rationalize your practices. You don't stand boldly for the truth wherever you are. Why? Because the devil has induced you. You have received many favors. But the Lord is speaking to us today. Are you in that situation where you have received so many favors from people and now they are requiring you to do something that is wrong? My brothers and sisters, nothing is binding you by any means to show disloyalty to God because of favors you have received. Reject 
that thing they are asking you to do and whatever comes after it, you have to be ready to suffer for Christ. If you are not ready, certainly you will decide wrongly. But if your heart has not been given over to Christ and will suffer for him, knowing that he suffered for us, you, if you have not done that, you will make the wrong decision. I want to read from Youth Instructor, October 10, 1883, starting from paragraph 2, to make us understand deeply what this situation that we find ourselves is and how to respond to it. It says, those who desire to merit the approval of the wise and good will not become impatient when their errors are pointed out. Rather, they will feel grateful to a friend so faithful as to show them their defects of character. They will search carefully to see if the faults mentioned do really exist and will seek earnestly to overcome them. A youth who, when cautioned or advised, says, I don't care what others think of me, I will do as I please, manifests a recklessness and hardihood that should be shown by all. He is sowing seed which will yield a terrible harvest for him to reap by and by. We should all manifest respect for others. You remember Moses and his stepmother? Respect her. And should desire their respect in return. So there is nothing wrong. You should respect people. Like Moses, I'm sure he respected Pharaoh's daughter and all those priests who had done him good from his youth, rather from his childhood. He respected them. But listen to the next statement. But at the same time, there is need of discrimination as to whose approval is of real value. Evildoers will not commend us unless we join we join in their sinful course. The approval of those who speak lightly of the Bible or sneer at religion is to be shunned rather than desired. Take that into consideration. We are not to love the approval of people who we know do not respect God and they shun the Bible. We are not to desire their approval. Going on. Those who yield to the influence of this class prove themselves unworthy of the favor of God. To obtain the good opinion of the proud, the vain, the pleasure-loving, whose chief aim is to please and glorify themselves, is to become defiled and corrupted by their ungodliness. The approbation of God should be more highly prized than the praise of the whole world. It is of, no, it is of more value to young and old than everything besides. Let the youth candidly consider this matter and seek to govern their lives by those principles that will be approved by God and by those who serve and honor Him. So we have two people who we want to please. Even in this earth, human beings, like we read, it is actually a tool that God uses for us that out of respect for people, we should make certain decisions. But who are you respecting? It is actually in the order of God that we should seek and manifest respect for others and should desire their respect in return but who are you desiring their respect some of us will do some work and then when we get some thumbs up on Facebook from those who are of the world we are pleased you put your things on social media and you want to receive the approbation of the worldly and the pleasure loving and it gives you a kick when you are praised by them, when you are approved of them. My, your heart is in the wrong place. You should rather seek the approval of God's people, of the holy and righteous, 
of those who are serving God. It is their approval you should look for. And when I say those who are serving God, I'm not referring to just anybody who calls themselves pastor or who calls themselves man of God. No, I'm talking of those who you know clearly are following the truth as it is revealed in the word of God. God's approval is to be more highly prized. And we all know how we get God's approval. It is by doing the things of God. That's how we get his approval. Don't think I'd rather hurt God than hurt man. Why would you do that? Sometimes you are put in this situation like that of Moses and you are asking and you say God understands. God understands what? Let me tell you what understanding is to God. The fear of God that is wisdom. Job 28 verse 28. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. That is what God understands. He does not understand when you are sinning against him, when you know very well, clearly before you what he wants you to do and you are hurting him, crucifying the Son of Man afresh and you are saying God understands. My brothers and sisters, we need to seek for help from God and strength to make the right decisions when placed in this situation. Seek the approbation of God above the approbation of men. And the young are always placed in this situation where it is very popular to do wrong. We see the popular culture and the young and the youths are troubled. They want to be in line. They want to always be in vogue. They don't want to be out of place. They don't want to be singular and odd when all their friends are in one direction. It is a big test for youths. And for every youth who wants to do right, the Lord will give you grace and help you to stand out from the crowd and not be ashamed of it. And this reading I want to go through now, I pray that it helps you. Continuing from where we're reading in Youth Instructor, October 10, 1883, I'm in paragraph 4, paragraph 5 now. The youth living in this age will have a stern battle to fight if they make right principles their rule of action. It is the highest effort of a large class in society to do as others do, to shape their course according to the world's standard. Like the empty bubble or the worthless weed, they drift with the current. They have no individuality, no moral independence. The approval of the world is of more value to them than the approval of God or the esteem of those whom he esteems. Their only motive or rule of action is policy. As they do not value the truth or act from principle, no dependence can be placed on them. They are the sport of Satan's temptations. They have no true respect for themselves and no real happiness in life. This class are to be pitied for their weakness and folly, and their examples should be shunned by all who desire to be truly worthy of respect. But instead of this, their society is too often courted, and they seem to exert a fascinating power well nigh impossible to break. I'll pause here. That means the people who we are supposed to be pitying are people who are, are the ones that many Christians are even envying them. Look at the people in Hollywood and the people in the entertainment industries and the music artists of today in the world. Because of following after the world and not having backbone and moral independence to do right, they also have entered into that lifestyle. Many are into internet fraud today, young people, because they want to be like their friends. All of them are going from one Ponzi scheme to another, from one of these uh, going into the ones that we have today, cryptocurrency and into all kinds of speculation. Why? They want to be like their friends. They want to have money. What are we supposed to do when we see such people? Even youths, how are you supposed to view such people? You're supposed to pity them because they, they are so afraid. They cannot stand on their own. Shame makes them to do the things they do. But instead of us pitying them, many even envy them. 
it is a very pitiable thing i tell you sincerely from my heart it is a pitiable thing to see a person young lady young man who cannot stand independently on their own who feels so ashamed of themselves because they are not like others oh they are people to be pitied but many don't understand that these so-called artists you see around you and the people who are so famous they are, what led them to where they are today is that low self-esteem that made them think that without doing what they are doing they will not be valued now because of their low self-esteem they are doing what they are doing because they lack moral independence they are doing these things to get attention you see them on tiktok do one little thing or the other just to get attention and then for the ladies it goes into fashion and all kinds of evil things they do all just to get attention because they don't have moral independence and they are ashamed of being odd and different and they do what they do but yet what are the others doing they are envying them they are supposed to be pitied but instead people want to be like them wow they are depressed but people are wanting to be like them we ought to think the other way around oh youths listen do not envy these people it is low self-esteem that makes many of them to do what they do they see no value in their life and because they want to have something about them that is useful they do all these things that make people need them that make people want to come after them and without those things they do whether it's the music whether it's the money they have that they've stolen through internet fraud and many other schemes whether it's the dress and all the other pranks done on tiktok all those things are just done at the base of it foundationally what is causing it is that low self-esteem where they don't feel good about themselves unless they do these things but are we supposed to be like that no we are not supposed to allow such things to push us into doing the same thing. Reading continues, it says, I warn the youth to avoid the society of these worthless characters, for their influence is detrimental to the best interest of society. Informing your opinions and choosing your associates, let reason and the fear of God be your guide. Be firm in your purpose here, regardless of the opinions which others may entertain concerning you. When God's requirements lead you to an opposite course from that which your associates are pursuing go resolutely forward whether you follow many or few whatever god's word condemns that rejects even though the whole world adopt and advocate it and ridicule you as singular and fanatical listen to the voice of reason remember that we each we have each a soul to save or to lose Worldly advantages or pleasure should not for a moment be placed in the scale against your eternal interests. Jesus our pattern lived not to please himself. Those who are drifting with the tide, who love pleasure and self-indulgence and choose the easier way regardless of principle so long as their desires are gratified. These will never stand with the overcomers around the great white throne. They will never hear from the lips of Jesus those precious words of greeting. Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. The judge of all the earth will never say well done to those who have not done well. End of quote. Powerful there. The judge of the earth will never say well done to those who have not done well well moses did well he was odd and singular and they looked at him as this fanatic but he still stood his ground god will never say to us well done if we don't listen to the voice of reason and if we don't like moses choose when we will weigh it on the scale the eternal interest versus the things of the world when we don't choose eternal interest like moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the pleasures of of sin for a season 
if we don't make that choice we have not done well and god will not tell us well done god will not tell us well done so it is left for us to think about these things very well and make the right choice in conclusion i have to ask you the question do you love the world or do you love god love god is my admonition love god is the advice for today love god for he deserves it for he has better things in store for us he has sent his son to die on the cross of calvary for our sins we should love him more than the world and by the way he has a lot of pleasures kept for us if only we would firstly on this earth in our pilgrimage endure for his sake do not on account of the applause and approbation of the world drop the standard of god's word to please men and secure their goods fear to dishonor god don't say god will understand the frowns of the world is not to move us to do their bidding let them frown let them weep let them mourn let them even cry and plead and persecute hate mock ridicule let them do all of that none of this is to move us to forsake god but when put in a position to choose between offending god or man it is frequently the case that many choose to offend god and plead that god will understand but this decision is what shows who your god is god will understand understand what he will not tell you well done if you've not done well and we are to choose to follow the lord there are many children now adults also in their families all kinds of inducements are being put forward to you to cause you to sin against god you are being threatened moses was threatened they are pleading with you oh most likely pharaoh's daughter must have pleaded with moses don't be moved by emotions Neither should you be moved by threats. Don't be moved by ridicule and mockery. And don't be moved by your own selfish desires to want to gain the things of this world and pride and honor when you see yourself having been placed in a high position. Don't be moved by those things. The Lord is warning us today. Make the right choice. The devil will certainly tempt you with all these things. Is that true? Ridicule and mockery. And if that doesn't work, he will go to the pleading to your emotions oh can't you see how good these people have done have been to you are you doing this to your parents don't you see how they took care of you make the right decision don't don't look at all of that moses was there his stepmother took care of him but yet when he grew older he made a decision that even his own stepmother would not like because he wanted to please god Please God above every human being and don't even let your conscience trouble you while doing it. Some people, your conscience is working against you and making you feel bad for doing the right thing. Tell that conscience to stay silent when you are doing the word of God. It shouldn't trouble you. When you know you are doing the right thing, don't let the plea of even your closest associates and relatives and family members to stop you from doing it. Don't let the frown of the world and your friends to stop you from doing it don't let your own carnal desires stop you from doing it let us learn not to be moved by people's threats and hatred let us not be bought over by prospects and gifts received or promised us by the world let nothing induce us to dishonor god amen remember romans 15 verse 4 for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope and i pray that we'll get hope through this aspect of moses life of him choosing to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season and even rejecting his name and his position as being 
when I say name that I refer to the child of Pharaoh's daughter, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, rejecting that altogether and not caring how they felt about it. You need to put yourself in that shoes to understand all the dynamics around it, how people would have called him an ingrate and all other things that would have been said about him for doing that. Moses was there before. Are you there today? Don't worry, you are in good company. Be comforted with the fact that someone was there before, Moses. He made the right decision and he's going to get his well done. Of all people in the word of God, after Jesus, we know there's one other great person. His name is Moses. He was in your shoes. If you want to do like him and you want to be encouraged by his story, do the same thing he did. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for bringing to our minds these aspects of the life of Moses. We pray, Father, that you would, through your spirit, continue to touch our hearts, rather, to choose to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Help us not to make up our minds that we are not going to go after the things of this world, that in choosing you, regardless of what happens, it may make us to become like Moses, suffering affliction with the people of God. Help us, Lord, not to be shaken and to be troubled because of the conveniences we lose, because of the comforts we used to have that we don't have anymore. Help us, Lord, not to count the approbation of the world as anything. Help us, Lord, to see things through the eyes of faith as Moses did, that we would esteem the reproach of Christ greater riches than seeing things through the common eyes and seeing the things of this world as greater riches. Please, Lord, my prayer is that you will do this for all of us who are listening. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. Forgive us, Lord, for the times when we have hurt you and chosen to please the world and please ourselves above pleasing you. Forgive us for these things, O Lord. Pardon us and give us power now to do the right thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.